Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, welcome back, mamas. I'm so excited to have you here for today's episode. Today, we are tackling a listener question. So I always encourage you guys to reach out to me either by email or on Instagram to send me your real life questions or maybe a scenario that you're struggling with and how um, I would recommend handling it. And today, a mama did just that. And I think her question is very relatable. I think probably a lot of you have experienced this at home. And um, it's a big topic when it comes to not only picky eating, but just in having a smooth and peaceful mealtime experience in general. This is always something that comes up whenever I talk about having peace at the dinner table. So this mama wrote into me and said, please help. My toddler won't eat what I cook for dinner. Okay, so this is such a great question because I think most of us can relate to this. Absolutely. There are always times, even in my household, where I make something and my toddler won't eat it. (laughs) So I can definitely understand and relate to the stress and the tension that that brings. We all want what's best for our kids. We all hate to think of sending our kids to bed hungry and that they haven't had enough to eat, not only for their growth and development needs, obviously, but also for their mental ability, right? I mean, we've all been around a toddler who's refused to eat or is over hungry. They are not pleasant to be around um, babies or toddlers for that matter. When they're skipping meals, they are not pleasant. They usually send some major tantrums our way and it's not pleasant. So I completely understand that drive and that innate want to force them to eat, tell them to take a few bites, whatever it takes to get food into their bellies so that if nothing else, we protect our sanity from dealing with an overly hungry toddler. So I don't know the context of this mama's question specifically or what's going on inside their home, but I wanted to cover a few different reasons this might be happening and what we can do in our roles as the parent to help in this situation create more peace at mealtimes so we don't have a toddler or a child completely disregarding anything we made. So the first one I want to talk about is looking into your meal and snack schedule. And this is a topic we've covered before on the podcast, setting that meal and snack schedule up for success. So making sure that maybe your snack is too close to your dinner time and your kid is actually not hungry enough for dinner. They might have filled up on that snack. Um, And that is a very real possibility that that snack time is too close 
to dinner. So one of two, well, one of three things I would say. So you can either move that snack time up. So instead of maybe a four o'clock snack, maybe make it a three o'clock snack or 3.30. Or um, the other option too is moving your dinner time back. So maybe just giving them a little extra time to get hungry, a little rumbly in their tummy um, and pushing it back a little bit for them might also help depending on what the rest of your night is looking like. The third option is obviously to omit that afternoon snack. So maybe it's that lunch, snack, and dinner are all too close together. And maybe you don't actually need that afternoon snack time like you thought you did. So those are some great things to not only look into and just be objective about, but also experiment with and see if taking out that snack or moving that snack time around a little bit might affect what they eat at dinner time and how much. The other thing I would suggest that you look into is making sure that you're building that plate in a way that is inviting to your toddler. So we've talked about this before, but making sure that you're offering what I call a safe food, which is a food that they are they feel safe around, that they're interested in, that they enjoy, and you know is typically a fan favorite. So choosing one of those foods, so for my child, it's anything fruit related at all. If I put a fruit on his plate, he's guaranteed to at least eat the fruit. So having that safe food on the plate is an invitation to them to come sit down, look at the plate, get excited about what they see on there and dive in at least into that safe food. And then a lot of times while they're there on the plate, they might expand or start to kind of move into some of those other components you've put on the plate. The other thing I always recommend to put on the plate along with a fan favorite or safe food is another food that they've accepted before or at least recognize. So we've talked about before in this podcast that you don't want them to sit down to a plate that they have no idea what it is, what's in it, if they like it, what it's made from. You want it to be recognizable. And so if they have that safe food and a recognizable food on their plate, it's not as overwhelming as sitting down to a plate that they cannot point to one food and know what it is. So I would encourage you to make sure that the dinners that you are cooking have at least those two components on it so that they're not feeling overwhelmed by what's on the plate. The third thing I would say in this situation to look for is making sure that the amount of a new food that you're putting on the plate is not an overwhelming amount. Keep it very small. One to two bites is just fine. And making sure that it's something that is accessible to them and something that they can approach. So instead of maybe giving a toddler a full enchilada um, where they have no idea how to pick it up and eat it, it's sloppy, it's messy, cutting it up into little bite-sized pieces or having a deconstructed taco versus a full-on taco that they don't know how to pick up without completely destroying. So another point I want to talk about in this is that Although, like we talked about, the pressure can be a little bit high to want to make sure that your child is eating dinner, and sometimes that may lead to some of us deciding, hey, something's better than nothing. I know they won't eat this meal, but I'll real quick whip them up a grilled cheese sandwich, and I know they'll have something in their belly. So toddlers are really smart. Kids are really smart. People are really smart, and they will learn very quickly that if they can manipulate the system to get what they want, 
they will. And they're not doing it to be intentional or mean or to exhaust you like it will exhaust you, but they're doing it because they know they can. So I would recommend very heavily to not get into this routine in your family to remember the division of responsibility and remember that you are the parent and you are in charge of what is offered, when it's offered, and where. As soon as you start to play these power struggle games where they know if they don't eat this food, mom will make me my favorite peanut butter and jelly sandwich no matter what, they will start to enact that. So start now, start today. All we can do is move forward and quit being a short order cook. So make what you're going to make the family, but still be considerate of their needs and including those safe foods and those previously accepted or recognizable foods on the plate as well to make it a pleasant eating experience for everybody while not completely giving in to whatever demands your toddler is making. Another suggestion I would give you is to try to communicate with them and ask them why they're not eating the food on their plate. This would give you great insight to know if they're thinking it's yucky, they don't like the color, they're not hungry, they're bored. You know, there's a thousand different reasons a toddler might be not eating a food um, or dinner that you're cooking. And to get some insight would be really helpful so that you can respond in a loving and empathetic way. So for example, If you ask your toddler why they're not interested in eating their meal and they say something like, mommy, I didn't want tacos. I wanted mac and cheese. A great way to respond to that is, I'm so sorry this isn't what you wanted for dinner. So you're validating their feelings. Then saying something like, mac and cheese sounds so great. I will definitely put that on the menu for next week. So you're validating their feelings and you're letting them know that you hear what they do want and you're going to honor that request. And reminder here to actually honor it in some way. So maybe that is mac and cheese on the side of something else later on down that week, but making sure that you actually fulfill that closes that feedback loop of trust that you want to instill with your kids. So after you validated their feelings about their disappointment about what's on the plate and telling them that you're happy to make what they are requesting at another time, this usually gives them enough peace of mind, especially if you have a good foundation of trust with your kid around food. This usually gives them enough space to then kind of pout for a second, but usually get over it and decide to eat what's in front of them in this moment. Okay, so I've lost track at what number tip we're on or what else to consider we're on, but I did want to mention a few things. So if your child is bored at the dinner table and they're not eating because they're overly distracted, using some really unique fun food play activities at the dinner table can be a great way to get them engaged at the dinner table, touching the food, getting an exposure with those foods, and creating a fun mealtime environment for the whole family. So I'm going to have an entire episode coming out um, about food play and some great ideas of how to do that, not only at the dinner or mealtime table, but also in free time or playtime during the day. That will hopefully give you some really great ideas of how to incorporate this to get them engaged, interacted, and excited to be a part of mealtime. 
The final thing I'm going to touch on today about why your kid might not be eating the dinner that you cook is because of mealtime pressures. So a lot of times we're using mealtime pressures, like I said before, because we care about our kids, because we love them. It's coming from a place of love and wanting them to grow big and strong and, you know, not have meltdowns and sleep well and all those sorts of things. It's coming from a really good place. But when we put pressure on our kids, that pressure often manifests in a way of creating power struggles at the dinner table. So we need to be really careful with what kind of techniques we're using with our children to get them to eat their food. We want them to be positive and not pressure based. So I'm going to have an entire episode talking about different pressure techniques that can kind of fly under the radar. But we all know that things like counting their bites, telling them how much of their plate needs to be finished, you know, looking at how empty or clean their plate is compared to siblings, things like that are all pressure. Um, But also pressure can be really sneaky in ways of like praising them. So it can come off as kind of a positive, like, hey, way to go, buddy, you ate your whole plate. And that can actually come across as pressure to your kid. So they're feeling a lot of pressure to get that praise. Um, So we'll be talking about this a little bit more in depth in a different episode But I do just want to mention that sometimes kids will rebel and have that power struggle over a meal because of the pressure that we're putting on them at the dinner table. And this can actually cause them to skip their meal. All right. So I think I gave you some really good places to look, things to consider when you're realizing that your toddler is not eating the meals that you cook. A real quick tip for you in the moment, when a child is ignoring the food on the table, deciding not to eat it, you need to play it cool, mama. I know that can be a really stressful situation, but we don't want to add insult to injury. We don't want to add more pressure. Um, We don't want to say things like you're not going to grow if you don't eat these foods or you're not going to get dessert if you don't eat these foods. That is using pressure techniques that will not work and will likely backfire on you um, when you're trying to get your foods to or when you're trying to get your kids to experience and explore new and different foods. So I would highly recommend you keep that mouth shut. You talk about something else. You talk about what you did that day. You ignore what they're doing with their plate and you just spend some really quality time at the table. So in our house and what I recommend you do in your home is regardless of what they're doing with their plate, they are expected to sit at the dinner table during family meal time for X number of minutes. And that time can be just time that we spend with the family talking about our days, talking about what we're going to do tomorrow, anything that might be dinner time conversation for you and your family, and trying your hardest to keep your cool and ignore the fact that they are refusing to eat your dinner. So I hope this was helpful for you. I think that this gave you some really great actionable ways and tips and places to look for what might be causing this issue in your home. As always, if you have any follow-up questions about this or different scenarios you'd like me to weigh in on, email me at alyssa at mamaandmerd.com. You can find any more of my information and ways to contact me down below in the description box or during the outro. Thanks so much, mamas. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. 
And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama.and.me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd.com. Until next week, mamas.